Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Thursday the 14th of December. I'm Michael Bailey and on today's show... PSG are through to the Champions League knockouts. While Newcastle are left to rue what might have been. Ultimately, it's just been a brutal lesson that at the very highest level, if you make those mistakes, you get punished. And the pressure cranks up on Xavi after another Barcelona loss. Well, Antwerp have won it. Everything like imploded when Barcelona fitted in this poor performance. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. Following on from Tuesday's drama, last night saw the completion of the Champions League group stages. We'll wrap them all up for you in a moment, but no guessing which group we're going to start with. Played on here! Oh, it's a goal! It's Chukwese off the bench! Super sub for Milan, brilliant finish into the top corner, and it could be a heartbreaker in Europe for Newcastle! Yes, the group of F did it again. At halftime, Newcastle were going through in second spot leading AC Milan 1-0 at St. James's Park, while Paris Saint-Germain were goalless at Borussia Dortmund, who had already qualified. However, Christian Pulisic and Samuel Chukwueze left Newcastle with a broken heart, scoring after half-time to send the Premier League side out of Europe. Not that the win was enough for Milan either, PSG drew 1-1 to finish second and joined Dortmund in the last 16. Senior writer at The Athletic, George Colkin, was on Tyneside for the fun. George... What's been the reaction to all that? Uh, I mean, it's still still sinking in, really. I mean, it's been such a such a kind of roller coaster night on at the end of a roller coaster Champions League campaign, and it's pretty difficult to sort of think that it's all over, really, because for an hour or so, it felt that Newcastle were totally in control of that match, totally in control of their own fate, albeit reliant too on what was going on in, in Dortmund and for them to end up with with nothing out of out of all that is uh, is difficult to take so there's a bit of there's a bit of shock it has to be said I, th- I mean I think there's also a sense of defiance and a sense of resilience regrets possibly in the sense of Newcastle not making the most of big moments both in this match, but also peppered throughout the rest of the Champions League campaign. But it's difficult to be 
to be angry or or too upset. It's just it's just quite difficult to take in. Yeah, Joel Linton's goal was wonderful. It's a shame it didn't count for more in the end. You mentioned it there. Are there a few nagging what ifs for Newcastle at the end of all this? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, you look back at the two games against Dortmund. I think they were seen as they were seen as arguably before a, b- a ball was kicked that they might be the two sort of games you can attack. It's just absolutely not proved like that. They didn't really turn up for the home game here after after hammering Paris Saint Germain, and again here they haven't taken their chances. But also. Um, I think the kind of manner of the goals they've conceded has been quite disappointed. But it's just ultimately, it's just been a brutal lesson, really, that at the very, very, very highest level, if you make those mistakes, you get punished. I mean, I think I think it's really whetted the appetite for the club to get back there again, to have more of it. Eddie Howe certainly talked about that in his in his remarks to the press afterwards. That you know the focus now has to be on them getting back on track in the Premier League as quickly as possible and doing everything they can to get to get back in the competition. It's been an absolutely epic campaign when you think about it. You know, it was only in September that they were in AC Milan and getting a very credible nil-nil draw back to the wall, that amazing PSG game, going back to PSG, playing them in France and, you know, having having a famous victory snatched them at the final minute. There's been bit of everything in there but yeah ultimately it's the big moments that have cost them that was george colkin and you can go deeper with the newcastle fallout by listening to our dedicated podcast pod on the tyne wherever you're listening to us now Newcastle's exit means there are only two Premier League teams in the Champions League knockouts for the first time since 2013 i'll give you two seconds to work out who those two teams were yes manchester united and arsenal Neither side got any further after that, mind. Anyway, Newcastle are out of Europe, but Milan's win at St. James's Park did at least earn them a shot at the Europa League. James Horncastle is with us. James, how will remaining in Europe be viewed in Milan? Well, Stefano Pioli, the Milan coach, has said that you know they're going to do everything to try to win the Europa League. There's no reason why Milan can't. Sevilla are not in the competition for once. But... Look, this is a, a club that has built its reputation in the Champions League. You know, that is where the legend of Milan has been founded. They've won the Champions League seven times. Only Real Madrid have won it more often. You know, I think from a financial perspective, obviously, it's much more lucrative for the club to progress to the round of 16. You know, sporting-wise, I think it's something that they can accept. Financially, you know, they'll obviously have... Uh, big regrets about not making the draw for the next round on Monday. He was under pressure before the game. So what does the win mean for Stefano Pioli? For Pioli, I think this kicks the can down the road a little bit. You know, I think had they lost and lost badly, he would have been in trouble. Instead, you know, they, if you look on the bright side, won in England for the first time since 2005 and, you know, still do have some European football but I think overall, there's a still a feeling that this team is not playing to its true potential. In fact, Pioli admitted that after the game. I think whatever happens, you know, unless you know Milan go on an incredible run in the league, you know, I think there will be a a review at the end of the season, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Milan go in a different direction. But um, you know, certainly for now, he seems safe. Thanks, James. That result also means all seven Italian clubs are still in Europe. 
So that's who went out of the Champions League, but it was PSG who went through. Our correspondent Peter Rutzler was in Dortmund for the game and joins us now. Pete, they didn't make it easy for themselves. What's your assessment of that PSG performance? They've got there in the end after a pretty chaotic at times game. Again, they should easily have, have won. First half alone, they had four golden opportunities for this burn. And Borussia Dortmund also had four great opportunities. It became tense. Yeah, you could feel that in the atmosphere, particularly as the goals went in in St James's Park and they appeared on the screen. The messages being relayed to the players. Unconvincing as they have been, I think, throughout this group stage. But they're, they're there and, and they're, they're into the, the knockout phase. And the disaster and the unthinkable has been avoided. Well, that is true. Finishing second, though, means... PSG could face Bayern or Man City or Real Madrid in the round of 16. How should those clubs view being drawn against PSG? You're looking at a PSG team that is also in transition, quite clearly. You know, they made this sign, they brought in 13 new places over the summer. It's a younger team, and I think we've seen the, the product of what a young team can, can mean in these big pressure games. There's quality there. The chances they created against Newcastle, they should have won that game comfortably. Chances they created tonight, they should have won this game comfortably. But when it matters, those key moments haven't been taken. I have to make an exception to that, which is Warren Zaire Emery, who is uh, is absolutely phenomenal. Beggars believe that he's 17 years of age. But I think when you look at this PSG team, they're growing into what Luis Enrique wants them to do. He has a very specific style of play. There are moments where they look good, but there's some clear vulnerabilities as well. It's not quite there yet, so... I would not say this is the strongest PSG, and I think for those that are going to face them, you know, there's a potential opportunity. So that was the group of F, and what a wonderful group it was too. But what about the less punnable groups of E, G and H? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's start with Group H, where if you like goals, you were in for a treat. There were 13 of them last night, eight coming in the big clash between Porto and Shakhtar Donetsk. Both teams started with nine points, but only one could make it through. Taremi fires it home, and that could be the breaking point for Shakhtar Donetsk. And it was former champions Porto who qualified, beating Shakhtar 5-3 in Portugal. The dead rubber in Belgium saw group winners Barcelona go behind to Antwerp after just 80 seconds. Risky ball out for Peña. Big chance for Antwerp and they score. Barca thought they'd saved face when 17-year-old Marc Guiou equalised in added time. But then this happened. Well, Antwerp have won it. It's a late goal. It's Eleni Kena who suddenly found himself in space. So that was another 17-year-old on the score sheet, Antwerp winning 3-2 and the pressure ramping up again on Xavi. We'll come back to Barca in a moment. But elsewhere, their La Liga rivals Atletico Madrid beat Lazio 2-0 in Spain to secure top spot in Group E. Antoine Griezmann scoring his fifth goal in this season's competition. Celtic may have been knocked out already, but they celebrated a first Champions League home win in 10 years, beating Feyenoord 2-1. And finally, there was Group G, Wednesday's early kickoffs, where the four group placings had already been decided. Still, they all went ahead with their games anyway. And group winners Manchester City won 3-2 at bottom side Sven Svesta. And the final scoreline goes to RB Leipzig, who signed off their qualification for the knockout stages with a 2-1 win at home to Young Boys. A reminder that the draw for the round of 16 will be made on Monday. There are hopes that finishing fifth in the Premier League this season will also earn a berth in next season's Champions League. But with only two English teams in the last 16, it's currently the Bundesliga and Serie A leading the race for those two extra spots. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic.
Let's get back to Barcelona then. They were already through, but that loss in Antwerp was not the momentum builder Xavi needed. Preparations for the game weren't the best either, with some big players initially rested, only to be put back into the matchday squad. Paul Belus was in Belgium for the loss. Paul, what happened with these reinstated players? So it's been a really messy situation. I think that the, the consequences of this game just started on Tuesday morning, which is like the day before the game. On the morning, just before Barcelona were about to take off to Brussels for this game, they basically stated that players that were allowed to rest on this game, which were Robert Lewandowski, Ilkay Gundogan and Ronald Araujo, were finally travelling with the team due to a change in the travel itinerary from the team. Uh, Barcelona said that they were staying an extra night in Brussels and they wanted the team just to regroup and all the players just to focus with, with the whole team. But then, like, as the hours just keep passing by, there were reports back in Barcelona saying that the president, Joan Laporta, interfered, personally interfered on this squad selection. And then this sort of tension of seeing like the, the boardroom of the club interfering in like sporting decisions keep piling up, concerns of uh, Xavi's position in the club just started to grow uh, as well. And basically everything like imploded when Barcelona featured in this poor performance. Xavi looked really disappointed after the game. The club has tried to dismiss all this information, saying that uh, John Laporte played a role on the uh, squad selection. Uh, but uh, still, all the narratives and all the voices inside and outside the club seem a bit conflictive uh, because the sporting director Deco said that no one interfered. Xavi, after the game, said that it was a consensual decision among all parties. So it's just still a bit weird and things are not getting better inside the club. Yeah, you can see how that would undermine Xavi. There is pressure and narrative building here. So how much longer has Xavi got? I would say that he's still in a sort of a safe place because club sources keep stating that they still deposit their confidence uh, in Xavi just to stay as Barcelona's manager. But I'd say that the next game in, in Valencia on La Liga is going to be a crucial one. It's going to be a make it or break, basically, because the, the atmosphere around the club is not great. They are starting like to be concerned on if Xavi like can turn this around, and I'd say that it's going to be a matter of like seeing it like day by day. But like on on Saturday this week, it's going to be a like crucial day for Barcelona. If they lose this game, I wouldn't dismiss that he could be potentially sacked before the end of the season, of course. So, what football is in store for us all today? Well. The Europa League fixtures include Liverpool's trip to Belgian side Royale Union Saint-Gerois. Liverpool have already won Group E, so missing Alexis McAllister to a knee injury for today isn't a huge blow. However, the Argentinian midfielder could also miss Manchester United's visit to Anfield in the Premier League on Sunday. More on that tomorrow. West Ham and Brighton have also qualified for the knockout stages, although they can improve their chances of future progress by winning their groups. Brighton hosts Marseille, while Freiburg visit West Ham. Rangers head to Real Betis and almost all options for their fate remain on the table. Beat Betis and they top the group, lose and Sparta Prague could pinch second if the Czech team beat Limassol. Then in the Conference League, Aston Villa have qualified but will be looking to win their group. They head to Bosnian side Srinski. As with the Champions League action, you can watch all the Europa and Conference League fun and games on TNT Sports and Discovery Plus in the UK or Paramount Plus in the US. That's all for today's briefing. Thanks for listening in. I've been Michael Bailey. Abby Patterson and Mike Zimmerman were your producers with Ian McIntosh, your executive producer. 
It's Adam Leventhal with you tomorrow to set you up for the weekend. In the meantime, have a great day. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.